Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name, O God. Thank you for another day, another time, another opportunity, O Lord, to come into your presence. Oh, what a difference it makes every time we are before you, O God. We thank you today. We thank you for what you are about to do in our midst, O oh God. Father, I pray even in this hour, even at this moment, uh, Holy Ghost, may you take preeminence now in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will use me to be a blessing to your people. And Lord, I pray that even as your word comes forth this morning, may it come and fall on the fertile soil, O oh God, where it will grow and germinate a hundred, a thousandfold, in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against every plan of the enemy at this hour in the name of Jesus. And I take absolute control and I say, Lord, reign in our midst right now. Jehovah God, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Um, so this morning, you know, I'm, I'm so excited, amen, whenever I'm in the presence of the Lord, amen, especially to be in the house, amen. And we thank God for such an awesome time. Thank God, um, Sister, uh, Minister Naraja, for such a powerful time in worship, amen, amen. We thank um, um, Deacon Jackson for leading us in the time of prayer. Everybody that has contributed, may the Lord bless you indeed, amen. And this morning, I have a word that I want to share that I believe will be a blessing to all of us. Amen. And the title of my message this morning is Comforting in Your Discomfort. Comforting. Or somebody would say comforting. Amen. <laughs> but I'll go the local way. Amen. Comforting in your discomfort. And, and, and when you say to comfort someone in your discomfort, you'll be like, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to comfort um, someone in your discomfort? And, and I will get there. Um, but the scripture that I'm going to be reading for this morning is coming from um, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 7 to 20. It's a little lengthy, but um, I want to read it. And when you get the chance um, today, um, take the time to read the book of 1 Samuel, the whole of chapter 30. Amen. Amen. To have an idea of what is going on. But I'm going to read a couple of the verses. Um, so 1 Samuel chapter 30 from verse 7 to 20. And the word of the Lord reads, it says, then he said to Abiata the priest, bring me the effort. So Abiata brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them and you will surely recover everything that was taken from you. Verse 9, so David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook and Basor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. 
They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't eaten anything. He hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. Verse 13, to whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. He replied, my master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way from raiding the Keratites in the Negev, the territory of Judah and the land of Caleb. And we had just burned Ziglag. Verse 15, will you lead me to the band of raiders? David asked. The young man replied, if you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or hand me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the field, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. Verse 17, David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day. Until evening, none of the Amalekites escaped except 400 men who fled on camels. David got everything back. Hallelujah. David got everything back that the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor nothing, anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He, and he also recovered all the flocks, all the herds, and his men drove ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David. That was their, their, their victory song, amen, as they were going back. This plunder um, belongs to David, they said. Hallelujah. And this is the word of the Lord for us um, this morning. Now going back um, um, to the title, Comforting in Your Discomfort. And the lessons that I want us to take from today, if you don't hear anything else at all, two things that I want us to take away before I get into my message. That number one, go beyond your pain or discomfort and be a blessing to someone. I would say it again. Number one, go beyond your pain or discomfort and be a blessing to someone. And number two, helping someone in your discomfort is a sacrifice that will be rewarded. Amen. Now, when you are able to go out of yourself in the midst of the challenges that you are going through and you are able to help somebody that is in need, it is a sacrifice. And I'm telling you, God rewards sacrifices. Amen. God rewards sacrifices. God is always looking for people that will go the extra mile. Amen. God is always looking for people that will not just do the bare minimum. Even though you are hurting, even though you are in pain, uh, your husband might have left you. Uh, they might have fired you from work. Uh, 
now. You might have gone, you know, you're, you might have been in an accident. Uh, and while you are trying to sort yourself out in that situation, uh, somebody comes to you that has an issue. What do you do? Uh, do you say that because I have a problem, I will not be able to help you? Or in the midst of that challenge, you will still help that person? Uh, I'm telling you, if in the midst of your situation, uh, you can still help somebody, that is in need, uh, the Lord will make a way out for you. The Lord will turn your story around. Uh, and that is what I want to share. So when you look at the scripture that we read, um, um, it was a little lengthy. Um, but to just to kind of look at it again or look at the title, Comforting in Your Discomfort. You know, I, I, I did a little bit of a definition. If you talk about comfort, to comfort someone, what do you mean comforting? So when I'm when you are comforting someone, um, the definition that I have is the easing or alleviation of a person's feeling of grief or distress. When you are comforting somebody, they are going through some, some trials, they are going through some tribulations. Sometimes it might have been a loss that they are dealing with, whether it's a loss of a, a loved one, a loss of a job, a loss of, of whatever. Um, so to comfort means the easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. And then in your discomfort, if you are able to comfort in your discomfort. So basically, discomfort is an absence of comfort or ease, uneasiness, hardship, or mild pain. And I want us to look at the life of David, that how when he was in, in such a dilemma, when his life was on the line, when his men were ready to stone him, he didn't just, you know, he, he was in pursuit of trying to, to recover the things that had been stolen from him, but yet still he took the time to help somebody else. Amen. And as a result, God used that person to be a blessing to him. Now to find out how we got to the scripture that we just read, you know that Saul became jealous of David and he took the whole army of Israel to try and chase after him. So eventually David had to escape to the land of the Philistine. He went to go hide there. And, and the Bible said that whilst he was in hiding he was God helped him to recruit an army of 600 men. Amen. Men, the Bible said, were broken. Some of them were, were having issues, problems. Uh, they had been rejected by their family. Some of them were dejected. They had lost hope. Uh, they didn't have anywhere else to go. And they took a chance on David. Amen. Uh, and out of them, and David made them the mighty men of valor. Amen. Out of those 600 men was where we find Joab. Amen. Out of those 600 men was where we find Abishai. Amen. And these were the men that was under the care of David. Now, whilst David was in the land of Philistine, he sought refuge in the king um, of the Philistine. And the king didn't have any problem with David. David tells the king, he, when he went there, he was living in the city. But eventually he tells him that we, instead of us living here, we want to go live in the outskirts. And, and the, 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 the name of the place that David wanted to go live was called Ziglag. And the king said, okay, you and your people can go there. So David um, 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 built the town. He has 600 people. Now imagine 600 men. Some of them were married. Amen. Eventually they got married. They had kids. So if even if you are times 600 by 2. Amen. Can somebody help me with math in here? Do we have... <laughs> 
1,200, amen. You know, so every man had a wife. If you are saying every man had a wife, that was 1,200, amen. And then if every man had at least one wife and one child, you're talking about 1,800, amen. So that, this was how much, at least this is just an estimate, my estimation, amen, of at least how much people were in the town of Ziglag. And the Bible said that uh, uh, um, the, the, the king of the Philistine was going to fight King Saul. And David was ready to go and help him. And his commanders were like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. This guy cannot go with us. Amen. Isn't he the same David that they were singing that Saul has killed his thousand and David his ten thousand? And this will even be a perfect opportunity for him to turn on us and go back to his master. So they told him that David cannot go with us and the king didn't have any choice. So he tells David to go back home. And David is, 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 is sad. He's angry, but he goes. But the Bible says that it took three days for them to get to Ziglag. And whilst they were journeying back to Ziglag, this band of raiders called the Amalekites came into David's town. And they took everything. They took everything that they had worked so hard for. They took their wives, their children, and they burned down the city. Amen. And they left. Thank God they didn't kill anybody. Amen. They took all of them and they left so David returns with his men and they find out that their town is bent down and everything is taken away can you imagine you go to work and you come back home and your house is not there anymore or you know you 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 go to work and you pack your car out you pack your car you know you locked the door i mean you checked it and then you you close from work and you go to the parking lot and you can't find your car you know this was the kind of situation david had found himself in and the bible said that david and his men wept until they couldn't weep anymore can you imagine grown men weeping they, in our culture, they say, men don't weep. <laughs> you got to be strong. Fashion, amen. You know, but these were grown men. Because you don't know what has happened to your wife. You don't know what has happened to your child. You don't know, you know, you don't know whether they are dead or alive. All the things that you have worked for, 10 years of, of, of hard work, going down the drain, 15 years of hard work, going down the drain. Can you imagine you have worked so hard and it's like just of a split second, everything is gone. And this was the situation that David and his men found themselves in. The Bible said that they wept until they could weep no more. And now as a result, David was in fear. And he was in danger because these men were thinking of stoning him. But the Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, in the midst of his situation, uh, in the midst of his challenges, uh, you know what, God, I will trust you. Uh, I may not know why this came my way, uh, but I know that if I trust you, uh, you would take me to unexpected end. Uh, I may not know why uh, these people came and bent down our city. They took our children. They took everything that we 
we have worked hard for. I just don't understand God. Because uh, I have been doing everything right, it seems. Uh, but yet still, the enemy has come. Uh, I may not uh, be able to explain it, uh, but God, I will trust you. Uh, I may not be explaining, uh, be able to explain what is going in my life right now. Uh, but Lord, I will hold on to your word. Uh, the Bible says that those who put their hope in him uh, will never be put to shame. Uh, oh, the Bible says that they, those who look to him, uh, their faces are radiant uh, and no shadow of shame uh, will cover them. Uh, this was a spot that David found himself in. Uh, Lord, my men have turned their backs on me. Uh, people that I have been leading, uh, now they are planning on killing me. What do I do? Uh, do I give up? No, I will not give up, uh, but I will continue to trust in you uh, because I know that you will make a way. I know you will not allow the enemy to have me. Uh, I know, you know, sometimes when I'm praying, I'm like, God, uh, you know, may the enemy not use me for barbecue. <laughs> Amen. You don't want to be in Satan's soup. And the Bible said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then David, knowing that God was in charge, he goes back to God and asks God, what do I do now? What do I do? You know, when you find yourself in any situation, the person that you go to will determine your, the outcome of the situation. Sometimes when we find ourselves in challenges, instead of seeking the face of God, we put it on Facebook, amen. We put it on Instagram. People do live videos, amen, and begin to talk about what their husbands did to them, and begin to talk about what their friends did to them. Sometimes, you know, when I go on Facebook or Instagram, you see all the live videos people are making complaining. But see that live video that you are sitting, you are doing and complaining for about 30 minutes, one hour. If you would get on your knees and seek the face of God, uh, God will bring solutions to that problem you are going through. Instead of sitting there and running your mouth, if you will enter into your closet and get on your knees uh, and cry out unto this great God, uh, God will give you a solution. The Bible says that David goes to God and says, God, this is the problem I have found myself in. What do I do? He asks God a question. Should I pursue them? And God says, pursue. And he didn't just stop there. He says, you will recover everything. Hallelujah. I prophesy into somebody's life this morning. Uh, whatever the enemy has stolen from you, uh, as you seek the face of God, uh, may he help you to recover everything in the mighty name of Jesus. God tells him, pursue, and you will recover. But see, the interesting thing that I, I, I read in the Bible was that he stopped there. David could have said, God, so which way do I go? And God would have told him, go through that bush. <laughs> because, because these people had three days advantage. So where do you even start? He didn't ask God where to go. And see, God didn't also tell him where to go. And the Bible said that after he had inquired, he set off. And, and, and if I was David, I'm asking myself, like, where do I even begin this search? Because these people have, like I said, they have three days advantage. Where do you even begin? And back then, there were no cell phones, amen. There, 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 there was no 911 or anything else to call. Where do you begin? 
And, and, and see, while David finds himself in this dilemma, in the verse 11, the Bible says that as they were going along, they found an Egyptian man in the field and brought him to David. So now David is trying to look for his wife and kids. Not only is he trying to look for his wife and kids and everything that, you know, he had the little um, um, life savings or, 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 or I, I'm trying to find the word that he had gathered for himself. Amen. Now he's looking for it. And it's not just him, but his men also. And see, David was in so much pain. He was in so much hurt. He, he, you know, he was at the place of destitution because his men were trying to kill him. You know, I can imagine their conversations uh, that David, we are giving you three days. Amen. Uh, you better find our wife or kids or we'll kill you you know so so it's a matter of life and death it's a matter of urgency but whilst they were going the bible says that along the way they find a man and not just any man they find an egyptian man in the field and they brought him to david and then as I was meditating on this scripture, the Holy Spirit was ministering to me that David was trying to find his family. It was a matter of urgency. And, and see why something is very, very urgent. You don't stop. Amen. Because you, you have to hurry. That If you stop, you are going to be slowed down. So in the midst of this pursuit, trying to chase after the, um, the Amalekites that had taken his family, they meet a man who is in need. And see, the Bible said that he wasn't just any man, but he was an Egyptian man. An Egyptian man they met. So because of such a sense of urgency, if it was some of us, we'd be like, oh, we are sorry, we cannot help you, amen. You know, that, that man that was beaten on the road, and, 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 and the Bible said, and, and whilst he was lying there, the story about the good Samaritan, and the priest saw him, what did he do? He said, no, I'm going to be late for church, amen. So I cannot help you, I have to go. So this was the predicament that David found himself in. They were trying as much to find their family. They were trying as much um, um, to make sure that they catch up with the Amalekites and in the pursuit of that, they meet somebody who was in need. And see, there were three things that was happening to this guy that David didn't have to help him. Number one, the Bible does not just say it, um, he was, they found a man in the field, but they found an Egyptian man. And I was asking myself, why did they have to put the Egyptian man there? You know, then, then the Holy Spirit was reminding me that, you know, David as a Jew or David as a Hebrew boy had been taught about the history of the treatment of the Egyptians towards the Israelites in Egypt. And the Egyptians were not favorable to them at all. They treated them harshly, amen. Especially the, the, the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that they had, who was in charge, treated them very, very harshly. They dealt with them, even to the point when God told Moses, eventually they left Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land. The Bible said that the Pharaoh changed his mind and he tried to catch up with them. So if you are a Hebrew man, and you see an Egyptian man dying, you won't help him. Because I know the history of what your ancestors did to my ancestors. 
I know the history of what your people did to my people. And the Bible said, and, 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 and the Bible said that um, in, in, in the book of um, First Samuel that we, we read, uh, five chapters prior in the book of Exodus, like I said, uh, um, um, Pharaoh had dealt with the Israelites very, very difficult. He made their lives, if I should say, hell for them. They, when the um, Israelites were in Egypt, they suffered. Amen. It was the grace of God that kept them. Hallelujah. The Bible said that the more the uh, Pharaoh oppressed them, the more they grew. Amen. So they were oppressed for over 300 years. So in pursuit of his family, he meets an Egyptian man. A man coming from a country that had dealt wickedly with his ancestors. And if it is you, ask yourself, would you have stopped to help? No. You know, sometimes it's very, very funny. <laughs> it's very, very funny. You know, sometimes, and, and this is, this is what, where, um, um, what I put, is that where a person is from shouldn't be a deciding factor when help is needed. Amen. Where a person is from should not be a deciding factor when help is needed. Sometimes you come across somebody who needs help, and, the, and you are from Ghana, and the person is from Nigeria, and you are like, uh, if you were in Ghana, if you were Ghanaian, I would give you the money, amen. But you are not my countryman, so I can't help you. Or sometimes, even if they are from the same country, they will say that because you are from a different tribe, I won't help you. You know, I know of a lady in, um, in, who is Ghanaian in this country that did not go to her son's wedding because he married from the north. Why should the, um, 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 the place that somebody comes from be a deciding factor. It, it shouldn't matter, amen. It didn't matter to Jesus. Huh? If the person needs help, help them. Be sensitive enough to the needs of people. Don't let the country that they come from, don't let the family that they come from, amen. You know, I would have helped you, but, 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 but because you are not from, you are from this family, I won't be able to help you. So the first thing that David could have done, David could have said that because you are an Egyptian, I will not be able to help you. And the second thing that was going on with this guy is that he was abandoned in the field. Amen. You know, and you ask yourself, his master was very wicked. You go and raid a city with your servant. And the Bible says that on their way back, he leaves his servant in the field. The man was abandoned. The man that David came upon had been abandoned. And to abandon means to give up completely. He had been given up on. Amen. The people that he came with had given up on him. He had no hope. You know, sometimes you are walking with people or in life you are on a journey with some people and some certain situations happen and you find that they abandon you. They tell you, you know, we have helped you up to this point, but we can't help you anymore. 
And this was the situation this man found himself in. And I was looking at, you know, other synonyms um, um, that equates to abandon. It means to desert, to leave. Some other words said to leave high and dry. <laughs> to turn one's back on, to cast aside, disown, and forsake. And this was what I put. Whilst going through your discomfort or going through um, a situation that you, are, you find it uncomfortable for you, you will, you will meet people that may, be, that may have given up hope and is in need of great help. Sometimes you think your situation is so bad until you hear somebody's story. And you're like, hey, and I thought I had it bad. You know, um, um, I, I watched this cartoon thing that they did about someone who was um, riding. No, he was actually walking. And a bicycle, a guy on a bicycle came by him. And he said that, hey, if I had a bicycle, <laughs> I would be so happy. And then the guy that was on the bicycle, someone on, with a cap came by him. And he said, hey, if only I had this car. You know? And sometimes you think your situation is so bad until you hear somebody else's. You know, you think you are the only one. And that was what happened to Elijah. When Jezebel was after Elijah and he went to go, he went to go hide. And God eventually showed up. He said, I'm the only prophet that's left. And God had to tell him that's a lie. Amen. There are other prophets that have not bowed. This man had been abandoned by his, his master. And why was he abandoned? He was abandoned because he was sick. And, and the reason, the reason that they abandoned him was that if they didn't, he would slow them down. They abandoned because they have gone to raid Ziglad. And they are trying as fast as possible to get to their town. And you, you are sick. We are trying to go. We have to stop and check on you every five minutes. Amen. You are slowing us down. So as a result, they left him in the field to die. And see, sometimes having to help someone in your discomfort would mean having to delay solving your own situation for a while. Sometimes you may be in such, such an affliction that you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to help anybody. And then somebody comes to you and says, Sister, so, so, and so, I am going through such problems. Can you please help me? And you are asking yourself, I'm trying to solve this situation. I have an issue that I have to solve. And now this person has come to me. I may have to stop doing what I'm supposed to do for myself and help this person. But I'm telling you, when you do that, it is a sacrifice you are making. And God rewards sacrifices. I said God rewards sacrifices. 
So this, you find David. David is in pursuit of trying to find his family. And, 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 and he doesn't even know where to begin in search for them. And the Bible said that they find a man who had been abandoned, who was sick, and had been left to die. And as a result, they bring him to David. And David could have said, this guy, you know, you, know, you are wasting my time. Amen. I am trying to get to a certain destination. But the Bible says that they fed him, amen. They fed him and gave him food. And not only that, you know, some, you know, sometimes you can eat and not be satisfied, right? And then sometimes you can eat and be real, you, you be real full. So they, not only did they, they didn't just give him enough food, well, that is what I'm trying to say, but they, they fed him so much till he regained strength. Amen. They made sure that he was well. And then after they had made sure that the guy was well, what, then David started asking him questions. He said, so who are you? And where do you come from? And the guy started talking. Amen. Amen. And he said, I am an Egyptian man. And three days ago, we went on a raid, amen, and my masters and I went to Ziglag, and, and we raided everything, and we burned down their city, and because I was sick, my master left me to die, amen, and I can imagine the guy saying, thank you for giving me food, amen, thank you for taking care of me, this wicked man that I have served for so many years, because I had a problem, did not have the decency to help me, uh, but he left me to die. And thank you for giving me food. Thank you for helping me to regain my strength. And David said something. He said, so do you know where they are? He said, I can go and show you. Amen. He said, I can go and show you. But he said, promise me that if I go, you will not hand me over to that wicked man. Amen. And David was like, oh yeah, let's go. You know, and, and, and that, this was what the Holy Spirit was ministering to me. That because David took the time to help the guy, God used that man. You know, they, you know, they could have left him to die and had not even bothered with him at all. But they took care of his needs. And as a result, God used that man to give David vital information that he needed. Amen. You know, as we are in our year of, of, of fruitfulness, you know, in order to be fruitful, sometimes all you need is a piece of information, amen, that will take you to your next level. Sometimes all you need is finding yourself at the right place at the right time. And, and David didn't know where he was going to find his family. But in his discomfort, in his pain, when they stopped and took care of that man, he got what he needed, amen. And the Bible said that um, he took them there. And when he took them them there, just as we read, uh, they recovered everything. Nothing was missing. Nothing was missing. Everything that they took, he, they, he got back. Amen. Everything that they took from Ziglar, they took from his 600 men, uh, they got back because he took the time to help someone. He took the time to help someone. And like I said, helping someone in your discomfort is a sacrifice that God will reward you for. Amen. 
And how do I know this? In the book of Job chapter 42 verse 10, the Bible says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job after he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Job was in a place of pain. Job was in a place of hurt. He was in a place of affliction. And his own friends that had come to comfort him were accusing him of doing things that he had not done. But yet still, he paused out of the pain that he was going through uh, and took the time to pray for his friends. Uh, and the Lord saw the sacrifice that he had made uh, and God changed his story and God restored him back. Uh, the Bible said that everything that he had lost, uh, he got double. Uh, double for his trouble. Uh, double for his pain. Uh, double for all the tears that he had shed. Uh, God gave him double uh, as a result uh, of praying for his friends. And when you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph is sold at the age of 17. Goes into a land that he has no idea of. Is bought as a slave. Ends up in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife lies on him. He ends up in jail. If this was you, what would you do? And to the point that it wasn't that he went looking for trouble, he did the right thing. David, in serving God, did the right thing by not sleeping with Potiphar's wife. And see, sometimes when doing the right thing may put you in a place of discomfort, amen. But I'm telling you, it is just for a little while, amen. Sometimes when you tell the truth, they may fire you, but it's just for a little while, for God will redeem you. Sometimes when you do the right thing, I'm telling you, you will not have the result that you are looking for. Joseph did the right thing, but he ended up in jail. And the Bible said that whilst he, was, whilst he was in jail, because of the hand of God that was upon his life, they put him in charge. And one day, one day, I said one day, amen. It is just a matter of one day that the Lord will change everything around. The Lord will begin to set your life on a path called straight. Bible says one day. One day they brought the kings, the Pharaoh's baker and Pharaoh's cupbearer into the prison. And they put David in charge of them. Of them. And, 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 and I was, am- I'm sorry, Joseph, I was amazed. I'm like, you at this young age, all the problems that you are going through, somehow he was still able to see on their faces that they were worried. <laughs> Amen. In his pain, he saw on their faces that they were worried. And he asked them, what's going on? And they explained their situation. And out of the, the destitution and affliction that Joseph was in, He still took the time to explain their dreams. He could have said, you know what? Why am I even bothering with you people? Do you even know why I'm here? You know, and the Bible said that he explained the dreams to the two of them. And it came exactly as he had said. But he made a statement. He said, as for you, Kabera, you are going to be restored. But when you go, remember me. But when you go, remember me. And the Bible said that when he was restored, he completely forgot. But again, one day, amen. One day, the Lord made Pharaoh to dream a dream. 
Pharaoh dreamed a dream. And they needed a man to interpret that dream. And then he remembered. He said, oh, I have made such an error. There is this young Hebrew guy in the jail. His name is Joseph. And Joseph came and interpreted it, amen. And as a result of that, the Lord restored Joseph. And the Bible said that when he, he gave birth, he named his first son Ephraim, amen. And he said, the Lord has changed my story. In the land of my affliction, God has given me joy. In the land of my pain, the Lord has made my name great. And he named his other son Manasseh, saying that God has given me double for my trouble. As a result of him taking the time, the sacrifice to interpret that dream, the Lord saw what he did and God changed the story and God made a way for him. What am I saying this morning? All of us are going through some form of discomfort or a challenge. We are a year and almost a half into a pandemic. People have lost jobs. People's lives have changed. You know, the last one I was reading, it's like divorce has become so rampant. You know, everybody has something that they are going through. But in the midst of that challenge that you are going through, don't let the devil lie to you and say that, you know, deal with your situation. Don't help anybody else. In the midst of your problem, when you find that somebody needs help, help them. In the midst of your challenge, when you, when you sense that there is a great need for something, be of help. Amen. You know, sometimes there are some people that when they are having a bad day, and I, and I use that, especially you go to work and somebody is having a bad day, they will make sure that everybody else in that office has a bad day too. Amen. They will be walking around with a miserable attitude. And then there are some people that even when they are having a bad day and they go to work, they will still put a smile on your face. When they tell them, can you do this for me? They will not say, I can't do it all. They will go ahead and still do it. And there are some people that are going through untold hardship. That until they tell you what they are going through, you will never know. Because they always have a smile on your face. They are not walking around moping. When somebody needs help, they help them. Amen. When they sense that there is a need somewhere, amen, they do it. And that was what David did. The Bible said that whilst in pursuit of his family, whilst in pursuit for his, for his, for, for his property and for the property of the men, they saw a man that had been abandoned and they didn't leave him to die, but they fed this guy. They gave him food. And as a result of that sacrifice, stopping, like I said, uh, you know, by but you know, you know, actually, by them feeding this guy, it took days away from them from getting to where they were supposed to go. Amen. But by taking the time to do that, God made the guy to give Joseph a very vital information that he needed. Amen. Uh, may 
as you help somebody, amen, I prophesy in the name of Jesus, uh, may they give you the information that you are, you are looking for to get to the next level of your life. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, in this year of fruitfulness, uh, even in the midst of your pain and challenges, uh, as you help somebody who is in need, uh, may the heavens be open unto you. Uh, may God cause an open door uh, to open for you in the name of Jesus. Uh, may whatever you are believing God for, may he do it for you. As you help someone, Amen. and I end here, look around you at your workplace, in school. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you to help somebody, help them. Sometimes you can go through so much pain. You know, 2019 was one of the worst years of, of the, my life and that of my family. As I, I said the last time, in June, I, we lost our daughter. And in three months after, I lost my father. And I was in nursing school. And I'm telling you, it was only the grace of God because I would have dropped out. But whilst I was going through that pain, I still told God that even in the midst of this pain, as a pastor, if somebody calls and still need encouragement, I will encourage them. If somebody calls and needs help, oh God, I will not use my pain as an excuse to stop being a helper. I will still help them. And I'm telling you, since that tragedy that we had, the Lord has blessed us tremendously. We have seen the hand of God in our lives. And I'm telling you that in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your discomfort, if you will be a blessing to somebody, uh, the Lord will help you. Uh, the Lord will make a way for you. Father, we thank you and we bless your name today. Jehovah, we glorify you for your word that has come forth, O oh God. That challenges are bound to happen. Your word says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Father, even as your people here on this earth, uh, we will go through trials. We will go through challenges. Uh, we will go through tribulation, oh God. Father, we pray for grace uh, that as we go through our Red Sea, as we go through our, our, our challenges, oh God, uh, may you give us the grace, may you give us the heart uh, to still be a blessing to somebody, oh God. Jehovah God, we thank you. We bless you. And we glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.